So today we're going to talk about how to serve in your student organization. I'm sure there's a lot of you that are now participating in meetings, maybe hopefully uh, with school going underway. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about a, a kind of approach. Again, I'm an engineer, so I always kind of like to give advice in form of steps or an actual workflow. So what to do from a freshman and where you should be uh, come a senior or a super senior in your serving your student organization and what the benefits of that are. That's what we're going to talk about today. So in my last episode, I talked about, hey, reasons why you should join a student organization. And if you haven't heard that one, I would recommend that you kind of listen to that one, especially if you're on the fence and th about thinking about getting into a student organization like Nesby, like SWE, like Alpha, like Prospanica. Uh, I've been following all these groups on uh, Instagram and LinkedIn, and they all are uh, amazing organizations that in themselves have a different set of like, goals and things that they're trying to accomplish. But one thing that's in common is that they're just trying to get students, uh, especially minority candidates or underrepresented minorities, uh, to be successful in fields that traditionally that's not the case. So in this episode, like I said, we're going to talk about I'm going to be a more, uh, again, more tactical, more granular about where you should be when it comes to serving in your student organization. And so I want to start off with uh, with. Uh, the your freshman year right so your first semester and you get into an organization and you're going to see that there's plenty of opportunity for you to volunteer i'm going to say hey i want you to be thinking about and have the goal in mind of being an active volunteer right and so what i mean by that is consistently being part of the of the of the organization's leadership's uh solutions to the problems or the events that they have i like to say here hey this is where you get to earn that pizza Right. So uh, it's no uh, surprise that there's a it isn't a shortage of food at the general uh, business meetings or the or, or the uh, membership meetings uh, that uh, happen uh, throughout the year. And I've again, I've been following and and just loving all the food ideas from pastries to tacos to pizza to a huge amount of food spreads that are out there for that during these meetings. So I would say as a freshman, hey, earn your keep. Right. Be part of, of the of the program volunteer for that fundraising event, uh, take an active role uh, to, to actually do something specific, whether it's cleanup, whether it's setup, whether it's going to go grab materials, uh, whether it's uh, organizing the carpool to and from a tour, like embed yourself and start to get an idea of, of what exactly it takes to do one of those events. And the evolution of that then becomes, hey, so now if you're either in your second semester as a freshman or once you start to become a sophomore, right, start thinking about becoming a committee chair, right? And so this these take on, uh, they're either chair positions or committee leads or minor officer positions that are out there. I've seen different structures, but these are the, uh, you know, like the community outreach chair or the uh, sponsorship chair or the, you know, um, the, the, I've also seen like webmasters or media chairs, right? And so I say volunteer for one of those where it's very, uh, more specific the actual goals and the things that you are trying to accomplish in that role but then i would say you got to give that chair position a hundred percent of your attention 
right? Don't just replicate what was done last year. Don't just continue to do the same thing that has been done for years or the thing that you saw the last person do. You have to be asking yourself, if you want to now grow and not just be another volunteer within the organization and you want to be able to develop yourself or challenge yourself, you have to be looking for that new improved item or that item that always wanted to, to that a group might have always wanted to accomplish but never could, or someone never took it to fruition. That's your opportunity now as a chair to uh, bring that to light, right? And so, if you think about the level of responsibility here, you're, it, you're it's starting to increase, but you're also it's a very targeted and focused uh, level of commitment. Okay, Uh, it's more so than just being an active volunteer, but it's definitely not up there with, hey, being a a chapter president. And of course, we're this is leading up to that. And you probably already figured that out. And so if you're a chair position saying your sophomore year come junior year, you need to be thinking about actually being an officer in that group. At this point, uh, the the organization has served you well. Uh, You should be uh, exposed to all kinds of new experiences, all kinds of recruiters and speakers and the ability to take different kind of uh, tests and personality quizzes and really start to learn about yourself all because of the student organization that invested in you, right? You maybe have gone to a leadership conference or a regional conference or a national conference and you have uh, started to build your brand, you started to learn about companies, and you've benefited and you've reaped those benefits, hopefully as an active volunteer or as a committee chair. And this is really when I, and, and I don't I don't think uh, people are comfortable enough saying this, but now you kind of owe it to the organization, okay? That's not why they're doing it, not because they ever feel that they want to cash in, but I think you should kind of take that as motivation to say, you know what, it's time for me to step up. And so in an officer position, this is where I would say, hey, really commit to leading the change. And if you're hesitant about becoming an officer, what I found is that a lot of folks are, are, are shy away from it because they say, hey, it's way too much. We have to think about uh, you know, how we're going to get to nationals and how am I going to arrange speakers and how am I, gonna, how am I going to uh, organize that, vo- that volunteer item or how am I going to get people prepared for conference and I, 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 I. And the mistake is that you start, officers think sometimes that they have to do everything. And if you really want to get the full benefit out of being an officer, part of what you're going to have to learn how to do is how to organize the agenda for the year and how to start to delegate some of this stuff to your active members and your committee chairs, right? And if you have some people that are there, you know, cashing in on that free pizza, Uh, As an officer, you can talk to them and start to encourage them to start to take uh, higher levels of responsibility within the organization. Now we start bleeding into that those experiences and those situations where you're having to learn how to have uncomfortable conversations and you're just a student. And I would say if you want to simplify some of the stress that you have as a student officer, you got to keep the agenda simple. Okay, I think sometimes officer groups, whenever they put together the agendas for the year, they may commit to way more than they probably should. And I would say, hey, just focus. Your focus should definitely be on the membership. And my recommendation is that it falls under three categories. You should one be thinking about what is the membership value that that I'm going to bring with my agenda. Right. What what is going to be the value to the member? 
Two is, hey, have I identified or am I actively working on identifying the next set of leaders, my replacement? Who's the next president, vice president? Who's an up-and-coming freshman that we probably need to groom and start talking about to become future leadership? That should be part of your agenda. And the third is getting a convention readiness, right? If you're in a student organization, again, Swede, Nesby, uh, Maya's, SHIP, right, Alpha, they all have a student component and a national component that probably has an organization, I mean, I'm sorry, a national convention that's going to happen within that semester. And you want your folks to be ready. At this point, you've gone, you've benefited from it. So remember the things that you didn't know and make that part of your agenda to uh, fill some of those gaps so that those folks that go uh, under your uh, terms uh, are way better prepared than you were. That should be part of your goal. And you should keep it simple. Right. And I and like I said, your your agenda, you should have, let's say, five things that you're trying to accomplish for the year. Your list should your list shouldn't be 20 items long. And yes, I agree when you start calculating, hey, the number of speakers that you have to arrange or the different, you know, volunteer hour services or the workshops or the prep, you know, the 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 meetings that you're going to have. It becomes a lot. But again, like I said, as a leader, in order for you to be developing correctly, uh, is you need to start learning how to leverage the rest of your officers, your committee chairs, your minor officer positions, and your active members. And if you need help how to do that, hey, you've heard me in other podcasts, do the plug about mentors. You need to take advantage of your advisor. You need to surround yourself with people that are going to mentor you and help you uh, through that uh, development process. So now, hey, so what about now junior and senior year or super senior year? I am a big advocate for going and being part of the national office. Again, each one of these groups has gives the students the opportunity to run for national office where they as college students uh, represent their chapters and other chapters across the country, typically in the region, at the national level. And in some cases, these students are actual voting members on the a board of directors for these organizations. They get involved in organizing national conventions and organizing leadership retreats and organizing uh, curriculum and the mission and vision for the organization as a whole for both professionals and for the student chapters while you're still in college. And being able to serve One, it continues to show your development, right? It continues to develop you as a strong leader, but now you have real life practical experience of what it's like to be in a corporate boardroom. Because if you think about who the leaders are at these national level of these organizations, they're either retired or current active engineer, scientist, or whatever professionals or in whatever designation that your group is in, Right. Or they're, they're, they're active professional business folks or law folks or engineers, scientists in their respective career paths that are part of these organizations. And they're serving as volunteers or as part-time staff paid at this national level. So you are in a position to work with a prof- in a professional setting uh, and get that boardroom experience, Right. And you continue to influence, right? So now I'll tell you my experience. I did all these parts that I just laid out, right? And at the end of the day, when it came time to telling my story and talking about my personal brand, having been an officer 
having been well an act of a freeloading pizza eater and working my way up to a national student representative or vice national student representative within Mayas was huge for me. And when it came time to telling my story at the recruiting table and and convincing the different companies that I got offers from that I was a a good fit or that I had practical experience, my leadership experience and my development story through my organization was a big part uh, was a big selling point for me and a big part of my personal brand. And so I'm going to leave you with this at the end of the day. Uh, and like I'll keep on hitting it. I'm a big proponent for these student organizations, but I'm going to say never do it for the resume, just for the resume. If you're just saying, hey, this is going to look good on the resume, it's going to be very easy for a recruiter to see that there's no substance in your participation. Right. If you can't uh, quantify and, and tell the narrative of what you accomplished and how you developed, uh, you may risk the the uh, you may put yourself at risk. Right. For someone to think that you were just a volunteer or you showed up to meetings and you ate the free pizza. Uh, know what your goals are. OK, if you're going to get involved in a student organization, uh, I get it. You're academically going after a degree that is hard. You might be hesitant to get into it because you don't know how much time it's going to take. You're right. Uh, there is going to be some sacrifice that you'll have to do time wise. I am going to be the first to tell you that I think it's worth it. But in order for you to take that dive, you have to have a clear idea of what your planning plan is and what your goals are. Right. And what it should look like and what I recommend that it looks like is that it, it, it at the end of this, you come out being able to have a narrative or a story or a portion of your of your personal brand that says that you developed, that you started at one place and ended up in another. And this was the journey along the way. And this is why I think that this exact same behaviors that I established in my student organization, I can now take to a professional setting within XYZ company. And then at the end of the day, I say, hey, never forget the help that you got from these student organizations. It is sad and unfortunate that a large portion of the professional ranks uh, that benefited from student organizations in the past, the minute they become professionals, life takes over. And I'm not saying anything negative because I was there uh, for, for at the beginning of my career Uh where life takes over and you got this new career and this new job that you're trying to figure out. All of a sudden you're having to learn how to, you know, uh, buy a house and and pay bills and stuff. And all of a sudden you time passes and you haven't done anything with that organization that helped you out when you were in college. So my final message is, hey, don't forget how you benefited and see where you can plug in. Get involved with recruiting in your company. See if they sponsor or are involved with some of these national organizations and give your time back. If not, if you're one of these in one of these regions where there isn't a presence of a ship or a Nesby or a SWE or whatnot, uh, be an at-large member. Call up, uh, go to the website, find those uh, those uh, the list of current contacts and say, hey, I want to help because I got help myself. So again, if anything, I hope you, 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 if you heard anything today is, the, is that uh, it is important that you get involved and that you have a plan and that you don't forget.
So I'm going to try a new segment here. I'm going to call it three minutes of my life. And the point that I'm going to try and make here is to kind of round off these episodes in that 20 to 25 minute mark. And uh, I did notice that in the past, I haven't uh, really gone out there and told exactly the full breadth of my story. So that's what we're going to call it. Three minutes of my life. So for today, I kind of I'll start at the beginning and I'm looking at a timer and I'm literally going to cut myself off at three minutes and then I'll try and pick it up from there the, the next time. So here we go. Uh, I was born in San Antonio, Texas, uh, back in December of 1980. So yes, that does make me, uh, 39 years old. Well, I will be 39 this actual December. And that's one thing that you'll learn is I never can remember my own birthday. Uh, I always struggle with my age and I think it's just this like glitch in my brain. Maybe I'm just trying to fight uh, getting old, but in any event, that's, uh, that's, uh, where I was born in San Antonio. I'll talk about my parents uh, today a little bit. My dad's name is Manuel de la Cruz. Uh, my mom's name is Rita de la Cruz. Uh, Rodea was her maiden name. Uh, and they were both uh, born in Mexico. And if I'm being completely honest here, there's a lot of their history and, and their childhood and their life that uh, that I don't know. And uh, and we'll kind of maybe unravel that in at some time. And maybe I'm getting a little bit too... Uh, uh, too deep right now for this intended segment but either way so i know they're from mexico i you know i know that they they were um married in the late 70s uh right now the dates elude me exactly but uh i have uh i'm one of five children I have, uh, I'm right in the middle, so I'm the middle child, but I'm one of five kids. Uh, I have an older brother, Lionel, uh, older sister, Lisette, a younger brother, Tomas, and a younger brother, Daniel. And really, the way we really, that's the names that were given to us, but I call my older brother, Lionel, I do call him Lionel. Uh, my sister's Lisette, uh, Tom is what I call my younger brother, and Daniel. Uh, is kind of where we kind of leave those and we'll get into all them in a bit but uh, yeah so we were born and raised there in san antonio texas Uh, my earliest memory is living in an apartment off of uh, ingram road and i kind of tell my kids that i think my earliest memory was when i was uh, i think about three or four years old from what my parents tell me and I was living in this apartment there in San Antonio on Ingram. I think it was like Ingram and Culebra or something like that. And um, I would, the, the apartments we were in were up against a Kroger, a grocery store parking lot. So I used to love looking out the window and watching all the cars. And one of my favorite snacks at the time were eating hot dogs, just cold packaged hot dogs and lime. Uh, and I would eat that. That was a good uh, favorite snack of mine. And we used to have these windows. Uh, well, they had these old screens. And whenever they got painted, like folks would like uh, paint over the screen or they would get some paint on the edges of the screen. And I used to love sitting at that window, popping out the little paint chips as I looked, uh, ate my hot dog and my lime and watched people come in and out of that parking lot at Kroger. So that's one of my earliest memories. Very random, but uh, there you go. So I'm at three and a half minutes. I went over, but I'm going to chalk it off to I introduced it in forward looking segments. I'm just going to call it uh, three minutes of my life. Thanks for listening. I want to thank you for having listened to this podcast. Please know that this podcast is available on your favorite platform, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, among others. Uh, please 
do me a favor and share the podcast if you found the information useful and there's somebody that you think that can benefit from it. Uh, also, reviews and comments are great. This is a social media platform, right? So the only way things kind of move in social media is through likes and through shares and through organic growth uh, within the uh, respective platform. I could, of course, sit there and uh, pay some money, I suppose, but that's not what I'm trying to do here. Uh, this is really done out of the uh, 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 my desire to share the information and not to make uh, money. So um, I don't have right the ad revenue being generated or whatnot. So that's not what I'm trying to accomplish here. It's really about helping you uh, learn from the mistakes of others, learn from the experiences, learn from different examples, and quite frankly, to share so that you yourself can be in a better position to accomplish things uh, than I was. Again, thanks for listening.